0: welcome back witches and other cottage folk you have once again stumbled upon make peace cottage here in the northern ozarks of missouri it's officially fall yellow leaves are falling and the nights and early mornings are crisp and chilly grab your sweater jacket or hoodie and walk along with me and percy and butterscotch the puppy tomatoes continue to ripen in the garden and enough green granny smith apples remain for yet another cobbler, Mm, or three of them. Persimmons are finally ripening too. Honeysuckle still blooms along the fence line, and it's edible as well, and still smells so sweet. Foraging is certainly not yet finished. Baby's breath and goldenrod grows along the fence row too, but that's not for eating. If you have fall allergies that are still bothering you, however, that's likely the culprit. What's that snuffling up ahead? Oh, we need to step lightly and even pause. That's a Mama Black Bear with her two cubs over near the entrance to Jesse James' old cave, the secret one in the back of beyond. We'll just tiptoe off toward the otters playing in the stream instead. Whoosh! Was that a hummingbird or a fairy on the wing that just zipped by my head? Percy says it's a fairy wearing an acorn top for a hat, and he would like to give Chase, please. But we're nearly back at the porch, and there you are. Come on inside. Button's making blueberry pancakes, and we've got maple sausages and nibbles of sharp cheddar cheese to go with. Ooh, and warm, creamy pumpkin spiced coffee. Come linger over a delightful autumn breakfast with me, make peace the Cottage Witch. We'll also be turning over a few cards this morning. Today and next week too will be all about divination. My chats have been getting longer and longer, so I'm pulling their length back a bit. For these 25 minutes or so, we'll mention Many types of divinatory practices, but then savor only one. The most popular for modern witches, I'd wager tarot and oracle cards. I'm going to be using three different sorts of decks for today's episode. My question What do I need to know? What do we need to know about this podcast overall, which is the topic of divination? And really, The question that we ask every week, what do we need to know about the next seven days? I have just now pulled two cards from the classic Rider-Smith weight deck. I pulled one lesser Arcana card and one greater one. We'll talk about each as a type and as a specific card. And the third is an Oracle card. I've just switched my seasonal decks from the Summer Fae to the Autumn Season of the Witch Samhain Oracle deck. So we use that one today as well. Now, my cottage kin, feel free to pull out your notepad, journal, or two or three index cards for a few quick notes. I know, school season, right? I'm assuming we all understand the two types of tarot cards. The first type is the 22 picture cards, Greater Arcana. And then the other 56 cards are the Lesser Arcana, which include four suits. Here's the deal. Tarot cards have repeating patterns, spiraling ones, really. We're going to examine the lesser tarot first, specifically because so many people feel as if they are so overwhelming. So many cards with so many meanings. How will we ever be able to put aside those little books that come with them? Those two or three index cards are really all you need and some faith in your own intuition. Okay. Just like a standard modern deck of playing cards, tarot decks have those lesser arcana cards. Ugh, pronunciation here Arcana, Arcana, you do you. I think I use both pronunciations interchangeably, quite frankly. Anyway, those lesser arcana cards are really the easier ones, in my opinion to read, and to understand once you begin to have a handle on those shifting patterns. Like a regular playing card deck, which you can also use for divination, by the way, the lesser arcana cards have 10 numbered cards, 1 through 10, for each suit, and the 4 court cards. Regular decks have 3 court cards. The 4th Court card of knight has been dropped along the historical way for regular decks, but they still remain in tarot card decks. So let's look first of all at the meaning of those suits. In a playing card deck, you'd be talking about spades and hearts and diamonds and clubs. So spades are actually swords, hearts are cups, diamonds are pentacles, and clubs are wands. And we're going to look at each one briefly. Let's start with those swords. Swords are associated with air. The image I want you to have in your mind is a sword fight. Those swords swinging through the air. According to Carl Jung, he's a major psychoanalyst, a follower of Freud originally, but then he breaks off into his own path. But he uses images and iconography, like looking at the icons of the cards or the mind. Which works because swords are associated with logic and reasoning, our mind and how we think. They're about common sense, but also strife and aggression, which do start in the mind. Yes, a sword can cut two ways, aggression or action. Thoughts and mindsets can be either constructive or destructive. You can cut someone into your life or cut someone out of your life with a sword or hearts which are all about water, which makes sense with that cup. The image I want you to carry with you for this suit is a cup full of joy. That water is all about emotions and intuition and relationships, and so are cups. Young said, I feel with the heart. So cups are about matters of heart. They swing both ways too. Every suit does. So it can be tears of joy, but also tears of sorrow. The love here we're talking about can be familial or romantic love. Just like the swords, love can also cut two ways. Cups are about understanding your highest and lowest feelings and emotions. So it can be love versus lust or loving versus hating. And again, you can cut someone into your life or cut someone out of your life based on your emotions. Then we have pentacles. They correspond with diamonds. So money is definitely at the heart of this suit. And they are all about prosperity, money, and achievements. The image I want you to have in your mind is of someone, yourself or anyone, counting their money. Pentacles are about work, finances, and home life of Comfort and daily life, personal goals, family and health, shelter, land, earthly things, for better or for worse. Young says, I possess, so it's about the body. This is all earthly practicality and possessions. And finally, wands. The element of fire is at work here. Young says, I desire, and it's about the soul. These cards are... Almost always about instinct, travel, boldness, drive, and ambition, initiative, even competition, especially in the realms of work, study, creativity, and crafting. Communication. Wands are about doing and doing all the things, anything outward or physical. Change is definitely underway, actions are being taken or suggested. They may be slow to come, but whatever is going on, when a wand shows up, it's about action in one way or another. My mental image for this suit is a wizard or witch waving about a magic wand with sparks or fire coming out of the end. They are totally about to make something happen. If you're taking notes, stop here, grab your notepad, or note cards and paper, whatever, give one, two, or even three lines to each suit, writing down the words you hear that resonate with you. Maybe leave a blank line or two as well for your own research into associations with each suit. I'm now moving into the numbers and the court cards. Do the same here. Just be forewarned that this will likely take the front and back of a whole note card. Maybe more. Also, as I go, I want you to listen for the journey pattern that Tarot is intentionally using in multiple ways. Here's one way. Let's begin with the ones or the aces. They represent beginnings, potential, and opportunity are all about partnerships and balance, pairings, and choices. The vision. Threes are acknowledgement, creating and connecting. Threes are usually a social card. They're about communication. Fours are stability and boundaries. I want you to think of the four corners of a well-built house. Fours represent structure. Fives are instability and challenges. They're just the opposite of four. This is where you encounter obstacles on your journey. Conflicts, even crises. Sixes, again, take an opposite turn from fives. Where fives are about challenges and conflict, sixes are about harmony and improvement. Community, a new normal, again, opportunity and growth. Sevens, are about potential and ambition. They're also about reflection on how far you've come so far and an assessment of that progress and a look forward to where you're going. Eights are then rewards and progress, speed and power. You're beginning to gallop toward that conclusion. Nines are intensity. You are arriving at independence solitude maybe, but arrival is a key word for nines. And then tens are the culmination. They're the endings, but also maybe the beginnings. Definitely a sense of completion, but like all the cards, this completion can be for better or for worse. Then we move into the court cards. Pages, sort of the lowest ranking of the court cards, represent young, energetic people filled with excitement, they're at the beginning of life, of their journey. It can also mean new endeavors, especially with learning and practicing new skills or new studies. And it can be literally a young or youthful person somebody who is a child or teenager, or someone who is beginning this particular career, could be a coworker could be a very young adult. Knights are very active cards. They have all the energy. They are messengers or messages on their way. They're about strength and help, but they can also sometimes be about challenges or threats. All that energy and those messages could be for good or bad. It could represent wasted energy. Queens are definitely female energy. They are about emotional maturity and composure and control. Queens are about feelings. Queens also represent women in positions of authority. They can be mothers, grandmothers, female ancestors, or a grown woman. Kings work almost the same way, except with logic instead of emotions. So they are male energy. They are about authority, expertise, and leadership. Again, ancestors or fathers, you or a male adult counterpart, any man in any of these sorts of positions of authority or leadership. So how do you interpret the lesser arcana? When you pull any card, you're going to have a number or court position and a suit. Put those together. So here's my example on how to do it. I drew some cards right before I started writing this episode. I started with the question, what do I or we, me and you listeners, need to know about the podcast and about the upcoming week? Well, what I need to know about the podcast is truly answered here, or so I definitely interpret it that way. The first card I drew was the Ten of Wands. 10s, culmination, endings, but also beginnings, completion, and ones, fire, passion, instinct, communication, also ambition and work, growth and development. In the deck that I sort of think of as original, the Ryder Smithwaite deck, the illustration shows a man carrying 10 wands, which are twice as tall as he is. It's clearly a burden, but he's heading toward home or a certain destination as the wands and his own hand is blindly covering his face, but he's determined to get there by just powering through. He's near the end or at the end. Also, and I was happy to note that each of those wands are sprouting a few small green leaves. So, well, I think this is about my last episode, that long Maybon forced march. If you've listened, maybe you know what I mean. I certainly felt I had to do that topic. But as I listen to the outcome, I don't hear my normal joy. I also refer to a lot of other people instead of myself. And it's long. It was a burden to produce. So interestingly, this time I've changed things up. Although I'm definitely reading some lists throughout the podcast, they're my lists out of my tarot journal and my book of shadows. I'm not just spending most of my time reading other people's thoughts. They are definitely mine. Researched, yes but mine, which is definitely reflected, I think, in my second draw, which is a major arcana card, Temperance. Card number 14. Near the middle of the fool's journey through the major arcana, Temperance comes just after death and right before the devil. I believe it's about handling the hard places. Let's look at those symbols. I'll describe images You follow along, pausing perhaps, and making your own interpretations and associations as we go. Remember, different people will have different interpretations, and that's fine, but there will likely be some generally agreed upon associations too. So, the main figure is an angel in a long white robe, standing with one foot on the land and one foot on the water. His wings are thick and lush, reddish gold and spread wide. He is pouring water from one cup down into another, or is the water magically pouring upward instead? A road leads from this barefoot angel at a stream or lake off into the far distance, disappearing where the sun, which is also a crown, rises or maybe sets between two mountains. The grass on Either side of the angel is knee-high with two flowers. Lilies, perhaps, but definitely big and lush flowers. I always pay attention to the word or title of a card. And to me, temperance really means moderation in all things. And I'm paying attention to some of the colors and symbols. The angel's feet are on both water and earth, planted in both practicality, earth, and and emotion and passion, water. There's tall growth and even flowering in the vegetation. So this project of mine, this podcast is flowering, but it's going to require some give and take, like the water flowing between the two cups, some practical gravity to temper what is maybe a too lofty ambition. After all, my road forward goes between the mountains, not over them. So for me, Hester May, I need to find a balance for my good and the good of you, all my listeners, too. Temperance is a positive yes card. Positivity and some magic and mystical spirituality is at its heart. That's sort of me. But some practical and even-handed temperance is clearly required for this project to progress well. So let's talk about oracle cards. They really don't have standard patterns. Any one deck may have, but most probably don't at the bottom of the card, which sort of create the fortune cookie version of the heart and soul of that card. The card I pulled from the Samhain oracle deck from Seasons of the Witch is card number 19, Greet the Darkness. When spirit wants to talk to you, spirit can find a way. The blurb at the bottom of this card says, here where the spine bends and the mouth quivers, breathes the hidden, the pieces that make you whole, but cut deep with all of their sharp edges. The picture or design or image on the card is of three nude women, each in various stances. They're all in the dark. It's a very dark card which makes sense. It's greet the darkness. To me, they resonate with the maiden, the mother, and the crow, the three aspects of goddess and the divine. But also I sense some fate energy, the three weird sisters, the three fates. And the book, and I'm not reading all of it because I'm learning, but the book also talks about, well, let me read just two of the paragraphs. Darkness. Darkness. You might get a sense of terror from what you can't see, but not all hidden things are bad. There are many things that you cannot see that hold the secret to life, abundance, and renewal. Like the lotus flower that blooms from the darkness of muddy waters, there is beauty in the darkness for those who know where to look with their heart. You have pulled Greet the Darkness as a call to go deep into your dark corners. There are parts of you that are beautiful yet remain undiscovered. You must allow yourself to open to the unknown. You can do this by confronting old wounds, lost memories, feelings of shame, guilt, and disappointment. This is called shadow work, a practice that allows you to make friends with your demons rather than hide from them. What seems like a monster is really a lost part of you needing love and support. When feelings such as anger, resentment, and chaos come around, it is because those feelings are trying to protect you in the only way they know how. Chaos only knows chaos, so that is the only way it can get your attention. I am often guilty of doubting myself, doubting my own thoughts, doubting my ability, and I'm a professional person, a highly professional person, yet. I am often out of balance. There's not temperance in how I live. That's not been an issue for me for a long time because I am so established in my career as an educator. However, I am not established in my career as a podcaster. So now I am in a whole new world. I am doubting who I am, doubting my capabilities, doubting my inner knowledge and certainty And it came out in last week's podcast. So, I don't know if I would have even recognized this issue, except that it came to me in the cards. Also, I have a very good close friend, Leo Katia. They asked me, how did I feel about last week's podcast? And I let it all out. I'm like, I'm miserable about it. It did not go the way I wanted it to go at all. And I worked so hard, way too hard on it. And it was way too long. So this week is different. And we even talked about next week because I normally do a lot of writing over the weekend, but my weekend coming up will be very filled with the science fiction convention. So I may have to handle things differently yet again. With temperance, I can go with the flow. Reading cards is very popular, sometimes easy, and often fun and insightful. But there's so much more to say and learn about other divinatory practices too. So for the next several weeks, probably most of October, we'll explore more interesting and still easily accessible tools and methods of divination. And look at that time. We are just under 25 minutes yay here's a quick shout out to our newest supporter of the podcast michelle burton you rooted crystalline nature spirit thank you so much for supporting us here at make peace cottage and everybody have a blessed and exciting end of september and beginning of october blessed be